0: So, all right, you know the song, the Pat Benatar song. It's it's a long time ago now at this point. I don't know, maybe 30 years ago. And the song, I think the title is called Stop Using Sex as a Weapon. Have you heard of the song? Stop using sex
1: as a weapon. Right. No, That's, I she kind of repeats it over and over
0: again. <clears throat> I don't know if
1: this. You know this song. Okay. Hold on. hold on did it take two Yes, I know that song, uh, Barack. It's do. a good song.
0: Glad you cited. it I don't know if it's a good song, but I do know that it's a song, and uh, it's a song which was very popular for a while, um, and sounds nice. And then you ask yourself, like, what the frig did she mean by that? What is? What does that mean? Using sex as a weapon? How? How is that? I mean. I understand, you know, don't have sexual assault, don't do rape of course, not even harassment, but what does that mean as a weapon? Stop using it. Other than it's a cool, I don't know, concept, but you but you never understood what it is. Now, here's the weird thing. And this is why why we're actually having this podcast on this particular subject. Who is using sex as a weapon? Right? Is it the men? No. The clear answer is that we're weaponizing sex for women They're the ones Using sex As a weapon What the hell Are you talking about Barack Right So that's, that's I've mean, already got this look On his face right now Like what what the hell Is he talking about now Okay
1: I'm feigning that look Because you already read The chapter in the book to <laughs> Yes so yes, I'm, indeed I'm exactly just trying right. to Stimulate you to you know, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. I'm, I'm acting I'm pretending I don't know anything Don't you now. use words Like stimulate with me Please Okay this is This is
0: a family podcast Or at least That's what I aspire to And you use These these These, I don't know, highly energized words that, that, I don't know, get me all frazzled. Okay, so anyway, stop using sex as a weapon is the song. But in fact, women are the ones who are weaponizing sex. Okay, that's, that's the irony of
1: it all. And the Pat Benatar song, I assume, was not from the first person character of the story of the song, singing it as a message to women at the time. That, that's that, why I that's assume. Right. No, yes. no, she,
0: she was saying to men, stop using sex as a weapon. Right. Okay.
1: How is that, that campus f- feminist? Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Right, yes. Exactly, right. So,
0: yeah. Not, oh, how oh.
1: times have changed. Yes. Well,
0: yeah, times have changed. Now, so what do we mean by that? It, it's, among the myriad regulations that are involved when it comes to um, you know, the workplace, for example, you can't say, you know, you look nice in that dress today. To, an employer cannot say that to a female. Uh, employee by any stretch. You know, you have to be so careful. You might as well not say anything. Uh, that you have a good weekend uh, can also elicit issues. Uh, asking a woman on a date, no less, can be construed as harassment. Yes, it's true. It actually is true. So the, the issue is, of course, if a woman wants the attention from a, that particular man, then then it's not harassment. If she doesn't want the attention from that particular man, although the man doesn't necessarily know that she doesn't want it, that, then it, then it's still harassment. So in other words, it requires the man to be a mind reader to figure out whether or not this woman is mildly, if not very interested in him. So it's an odd place to be, right? Men are not necessarily as attuned to um, social cues as women are. So it's, it's, it's a big problem. Um, then of course, you know what you can say during interview, uh, then you have all sorts of rules and regulations that are very favorable to women. Uh, I'm not even talking about minorities here. I'm talking about just women generally speaking with the maternity leave and then their arguments about the pay gap and, and everything else. So you live in a world where there's tons of regulations. But then when it comes to sex, uh, especially in co- uh, college campuses, if A woman claims that you raped her, which, of course, is a horrific crime to be accused of, especially if it's not true, Uh, the standard of evidence, the the standard of proof, which is very important in law, by the way, is the preponderance of the evidence. Okay? Now, that's very different than beyond a reasonable doubt standard that we have in criminal law. In criminal law... When you say that somebody killed somebody, somebody stole something, even if somebody jaywalked across the street, you have to prove, the prosecutor has to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this person did that crime, did that murder, did theft, rape, even crossing, you know, jaywalking across the street. That is the standard, beyond a reasonable doubt. So in your mind, put, I don't know, whatever that might mean to you. Uh, To me, that means 96%. I'm 96% sure that this person did the crime. And therefore, I, I vote to convict. I fi- vote to find him guilty. Okay? And if it's less than that, then you have to find him not guilty. If that's different than innocent, you, you find him not guilty. So preponderance of the evidence, by contrast, is completely different. Preponderance simply means, and it's a fancy word of saying, the weighing of the evidence. So imagine Lady Justice right with the scales. And if the scale tips slightly to one side, so 50.1%, Versus 49.9%, then that 50.1% wins. So if you believe Johnny said uh, that, you know, so that, that Jane, uh, when she tell, says that Johnny raped her more than the, the guy says it, well then, then, guess what? Johnny raped that girl. That's, that's the new standard. That's the standard, at least on college campuses. Yeah,
1: but for uh, I think it's important to clarify for the penalty of expulsion, not conviction in. Correct, and I was going to go there. Yeah,
0: it's it's a you're right, incarceration is far worse than being expelled. But but but, in today's internet based society, when anyone can look up anything about you and your background within an instant, suddenly they can find out that Johnny was expelled from the University of Schmuckerville uh, for rape. Okay, so yeah, he didn't serve any time and, But what is Johnny going to do
1: now? Oh, I, I'm agreeing with the practical ramifications are reputational death penalty, obvious. That's what it is. That's what it but is. But I'm saying the way they looked at it, the way they, in their utopian world, I mean, the place that doesn't exist world, they think, well, what's the issue? He's not going to jail. He's just being expelled. He can apply to a different university. He's just being expelled. You know? I mean, sure, they're going <clears> to <throat> look at this on his record, and they might not let him in. Right. But— yeah, uh, unless he's a really good football player,
0: right? And and how does Johnny explain it to the? Other? Well, you see, the preponderance of the evidence stand was what applied, and not the appropriate uh, reason beyond reasonable doubt. And surely, had you uh, seen no, uh, it, that's not good. Yeah, can that's, I do Homer
1: Simpson on that one? Boring. Right?
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and 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 a, a future girlfriend or a future wife, you know, or a potential wife would look at at, at Google and, and see that in fact, uh, you know, he's been expelled. Why? Because of some sort of sexual issue. Oops, I'm not so sure I'm interested in this guy. So all of a sudden it has tremendous ramifications. Now, think about the impact that this has. The not just you know for Johnny right now, but the harassment claims, the the social stigma associated with this. Uh, there are many times. Where, again, you know, like, like the, the, Homer, the Homer recipient of this information is not going to know the distinction between preponderance of the evidence standard and, and beyond a reasonable doubt standard. All he's going to know is this guy raped that girl. And that's what this school found. Okay? And a story. And, and there are plenty of stories where, you know, other, other guys, you know, hearing this news about this guy, they beat the crap out of him. Because, you know, it sure feels good to beat up a rapist. Right, like, and they feel good about themselves doing this, and they don't even get that in that much trouble, by the way. So, so guys are <clears throat> begin to say, "Look, I don't know if it's worth it," and it's you know what constitutes rape these days. So you you have to, I mean, in sex, you know, you think you're having a, yeah, a good time. The woman may even have initiated the sex, uh, but maybe she was slightly buzzed, really, just slightly. I'm talking about it. And she is in the middle of the act with you. And so she, she, she suddenly says to herself, what am I doing? You know, I, I don't feel good about this anymore. And yet she continues going on with the act of intercourse because it still kind of feels good. Or for whatever reason, she feels awkward uh, about saying no right at that moment. Or, or if she does, the guy says, oh, baby, baby, you know, this is, I mean, hey, you, you, you can't stop me now. This is, this is awesome. You're so good. And so she continues on. Uh, for the next few minutes And uh, later on she, she regrets it Is that rape? Right? So in many circles that's considered rape You ask a feminist, a diehard feminist Yes that's rape In fact it's rape anytime The woman subjectively feels That she doesn't want it anymore So she may want it in the beginning She may not like it uh, Two minutes later But she continues on with the process The guy has no idea uh, But it's still rape All of a sudden Or She may enjoy it The entire time And then The next morning She
1: regrets it It's also rape If she wants him to pull out And he doesn't Yeah that's right, and then each how's new... he supposed to control himself? Yeah. So if it just spurts, right? Yeah. What? What if?
0: You know, I mean, look, we have to be graphic here a little bit, but I don't want to be too graphic. Are you okay? I think I was graphic enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you get the idea. Um, but like, it's at the moment of climax, and she says, "I don't know." You know, is this the right thing or whatever? And and you know, she doesn't know where you are in the act, so to speak, and you're at the end, <laughs> and all of a sudden, what are you supposed to do at that point? So it's just, everything about it is very, it, it's very problematic, let's put it that way. That's, that's saying it lightly. And, uh, and it doesn't even have to be the next morning that she regrets it. She could regret it a uh, week, later a, a week later. later, a month later, yeah. a year later for that matter. And, you know, the, the, the articles that are written about this are, are you know, a woman have to ask, sometimes asks herself, was I raped? You know, it's almost a rhetorical question. The answer is, of course you were. You know, and that's a horrible thing. Yeah, and common
1: sense would dictate if you have to ask, you weren't right. Right, those of us living
0: back from the real world, right now. No, I, I suppose there is a. I don't want to make it that black and white, but the point is, you know. So Jane goes to the counseling center and she talks about her experience, which happened, let's say, six months ago, and she really regrets having the. Was it rape? And, and the Counseling Center is going to say, no, nah, no, nah, it wasn't rape, no, nah, it, it was totally consensual, Yeah, you, we can't... No, of course they're going to say it was rape. Of course they're going to encourage her to think of herself as a victim because of this awful guy, Johnny, who did this to her.
1: And because the Counseling Center has to have a reason for being, does yes, it not? That's right, good point. It's, it's bad for business if there are no victims on campus. As it were, yes. You know, but... More victims on campus, oh, you know, our budget just isn't big enough.
0: Right. It's like expecting Planned Parenthood to tell a woman who's coming in three months pregnant or about to be three months pregnant and say, you know, having a child is a wonderful thing. You, you don't want that that uh, that mental uh, you know consternation running through your head for the rest of your life. I, you have a wait, social wait, life. Yeah, you, you, you know what, it, it, and this is a baby we're talking about, so... Um, let, let's let's have you keep the baby. No, you're going the other other direction. I mean, no Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, member or, or worker would ever say such thing like I just said. Uh, oh yes, you know, it's it's just uh, what an inconvenience it is. And you've got your whole life ahead of you, and this this is not going to be right for you. You 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 need to get right. Know, and- let's let's take care of this this clump of cells. And, and that's their approach, you know, like, you know, of course, so the same thing with the psychology centers in these uh, wackadoodle places in colleges, where they would say, look, uh, you know, you, you must have been raped. If you have to ask the question and then you, then, you know, you're not comfortable with it, then, then sweetheart, you, you were raped. And don't worry, you're in good company, it happens far more often than you think, and, uh, you know, we're here for you. Yeah, one out of
1: five girls... This happens That's to right. One out of five.
0: At least. Yeah. At least. Oh, we think even more.
1: Right. But colleges are safe for women.
0: Right. right? And and you know what? The funny thing is, and, and I only want to sidetrack for a second. I want to get back, Ari. So, uh, you know, the same thing with the um, abortion clinics. No doubt they tell all these girls, you know, listen, we have – It's a lot. it happens a lot more than you think. This is not – you're not a statistic. I mean, in a sense, you are a statistic. But uh, – don't worry you're not the only one you think that this is a very uh, stigmatizing event but in fact it's happening to a lot of people don't worry about it so many women have this and you don't even realize it most everyone that you see on the street has had at least one abortion so don't worry it's okay you know so so they they're in the business of telling you it's okay it happens all the time that's their business and that's what gives them money all the time um now I, in my law practice I would I don't I'm in the business of rejecting most of my cases. that's that's the, the funny thing is I would say eight out of 10 cases that come to us we say we can't handle it either because it's not in our bailiwick of, of work uh, but if it's in the kind of uh, zone of our, our practice, we still are most of the time saying you don't want to go forward. you don't want to go forward you don't want to go forward because first of all, I don't want to go forward if it doesn't make economic sense for the client. I don't like pushing a case uh, only to have the client eventually get far less money than what he's paying me right now. You can never win all your cases, of course, but you should know going in whether or not there's there's a likelihood of, of winning. That it's, that's just the way it works. It's kind of like getting married. You know, uh, Let's see, this, uh, this woman that you're about to marry... Uh, she's she has a gambling problem. She has a drinking problem. Um, she's lied to you many times. Uh, you, you thought she was uh, 24, but she's in fact 44. And you know you thought she had a vagina, but it turns out she has a penis. I mean, you know that marriage is going to have some issues going forward, right? So you're
1: not supposed to just break even in this. Thing. Right, right, exactly, yeah. right. So you should come out ahead. Yeah, yeah. So
0: so there's some basic due diligence that you want to engage in before you say yes or to go forward with the marriage. So, <laughs> right? So, anyway, the point Did is. Two like, meter in
1: the convertible. All right. That's a sign. All right, all
0: right, all right. Here we go. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Uh, Not you, the
1: hypothetical I, I
0: know, I know. Yeah, I, I think know. I know what you're talking Boom. about. Uh, you know, general concept. Okay. Anyway, so going back to all this, you know, they're in the business of saying it's normal, it's okay, don't worry about it. So these girls are being encouraged to think that they've been raped, that unless angels are singing throughout the entire sexual process, and that the angels continue to sing, and that they feel emotionally wonderful after the sexual act, and that the man with whom they had the sex is loving and prince charming and as interested in, as him, uh, in her as he was in the very beginning, well, then it's, it might be rape, okay? That's what it is. And the truth is, you know, they tell you it's just sex, just have a lot of fun, uh, no big whoop, let's have orgies. Um, and, and the University of Toronto, by the way, encouraged having an orgy, not necessarily on campus, by the way, but, but very close by. And uh, they actually sponsored it, it's weird. But they have this notion of like, have sex whenever you want to, it's cool. Sexual freedom and all that. But what it, what it runs against is a woman's very natural sense of connection, emotional connection, when she has sex. Men don't necessarily have that. Some men do, I mean, depending on the woman that he's with and if he's really crazy about her and sees a future with her, sure. But for men, there's the emotional sex and there's just the sex, sex, the
1: yeah. physical sex. I, already, I still have my emotional connection with Michelle Pfeiffer <laughs> just from seeing her and in Into the Night in 1985.
0: Right. Yeah, no, I, I remember when I was dating her, I, uh, no, of course, I did not date her right. uh, back, back when, but uh, nevertheless, an amazing lady. Um, so, I'm oh, sorry, I got, I got sidetracked here. Proving the point of men's, you know, physical sex versus emotional sex. So for men, there are two kinds of sex. For women, there's, there's you know, there's only one kind of sex, the emotional kind. So that's why, the, you know, women are, are not as quick to, to go into bed as men, not, not by a long shot. You know, the famous expression, how do you get a man to have sex with you? Ask him, right? Uh, for a woman, it's not the same thing. You, you don't just say, hey, you know, you're hot. Let's go to bed. Uh, that that uh, question it, it will not elicit that response 99 out of 100 times. So unless you're Ari David, in which case it happens all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> that, you know, yeah. Yes, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, so with such confidence. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Usually Uh,
1: with myself, but yes. So
0: these women are having sex with these men, and then they're discovering the next morning that they have this kind of funny feeling, this emotional connection with this guy, who is not as you know as loving and as romantic and chivalrous as they thought he was going to be, or that they had in their head this fantasy notion that he's going to be, and he never is. No man is such a such a guy. So what happens? She begins to resent him. She begins to, uh, sometimes, you know, if it gets even really bad, she begins to hound him. But even if she doesn't hound him, she can be really angry and resentful and then believe that that she was used. And that feels like rape. Why not? Right? So a lot of these girls, they don't necessarily go in there saying, how can I manipulate the situation? But they, they end up in a situation where rape is is a possible uh, uh, response to any sexual act, no matter how loving it may have seemed, no matter how innocent or just kind of spontaneous or how into it she was, it's suddenly a possibility that she will accuse you of rape. It's never the opposite, of course, right, by definition. But it's, it's a strange world. So from the man's point of view, he's thinking, I don't know if I want to do this sex business. I mean, it's all good and well in, in concept. I, I, I want to get my jollies. I want to get my rocks off, as they say. But nevertheless, I don't, I, I'm just not willing to take the risk. I, I'm just going to study, okay? I'm going to study my books and get good grades, you know, and that's, isn't that a wonderful thing? Um, so, you know, back in the, in the day, I would say in the early 2000s and, the late, and, and throughout the 90s, I think there was a wild amount of sex happening in college, a wild amount. While it was still kind of majority girls, and they had a lot of hormones, and they were just, you know, you know, sex was all the rage and everything else, and I think they were having sex all the time. They were. It's changed now because suddenly the girls are feeling that they don't, that they're not getting out of sex what they expected to, and suddenly they've been invited to think of themselves as victims every time they have sex. It's weird. So... Think about it from a perspective of a woman now. She likes a guy. She gets romantic with a guy. They have sex. Who holds the cards now, right? If she really wants him, she, and she's calculating enough, she can say, I, um, I want you to continue seeing me. I want us to be a thing. I want us to be a couple. And he says, "Well, I don't know. You know, we were just, you know, that was a nice time and everything else. But I don't know if I want to be exclusive. I think you want to be exclusive with me." And she basically intimates, "Listen, if you uh, if you don't, if you're not exclusive with me, I I feel like maybe something wrong happened here. I, I may." Suddenly, he's caught in a web where he needs to be committed to this girl. Needs needs to make promises to this girl. And, and it goes even, it's even worse than that, Ari, I think. You know, if a woman is really calculating enough, she can have sex with a man and then extort him to say, listen, I expect you to take care of me you know, financially or other ways that she may think are, are helpful. If, if it's a professor, then listen, we slept together. Um, and yes, you're single and I'm single and everything else. But uh, if you don't uh, give me the aid that I think I deserve, I might very well say that you raped me. And what's he gonna say? He's gonna say that to the, to the panel, the college panel, that is so feminist and so pro woman and, and so anti male. Aren't you demonizing the victim here, Mr. or, or Professor Smith? It's, it's an awful situation. So these are factors that compel a man to say, thanks, but no thanks. That's what's gonna happen. And if they do wanna get their jollies off, they ain't going to do it with a woman. They might do it with another guy. I, I'd be no, I, I would not be surprised at all that there's a lot more homosexuality on campus, male homosexuality on campus. Because, first of all, the openness toward homosexuality, the no-big-deal uh, concept about sex. And that they would, you know, get their jollies off by sleeping with each other. The well, male,
1: they have to... Uh, the men. Uh, guys of that age are going to get their jollies off one way or another. Yes. And because... The same sex relationships have been so destigmatized to be, as I quote Carl Lagerfeld, nothing anymore, which right. isn't necessarily a bad thing for people who are really gay. But you can see, is it interesting that gay is a choice until it isn't? Mm-hmm. Meaning, is it really an orientation choice for these boys? Or is it a means of last resort because sex any other way has become too dangerous, because you don't earn the protections of the victim status needed to proceed in this thorny world right. of campus. Right, No, I,
0: I think there's something to that. I think it's it's a, um, how do you put it? I think you like, I like the way you phrased it. It's a, uh, there's no other choice sort of thing. This is the Means of last resort. Means of last resort. And that, there might be something to that. And then they they started start off because it's safer, or so it appears, not from a, uh, you know, biological disease point of view, it's far more dangerous, no doubt about that. But from a social point of view, uh, it is safer. You know, what's going to happen? Some guy sleeps with you, or you sleep with some guy. He's going to claim rape. You know, it's not going to be the same thing. It, because first of all, guys don't have that emotional connection well, whatsoever.
1: Also, if they're both gay, now they both avert the victim status. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The power politics of critical theory on campus have now been leveled.
0: Right. Exactly. Right. So. So, so suddenly you get this kind of bizarre circumstance. I, and look, I mean, in addition to the fact that being gay now is so much less of a stigma, which is a good thing. I'm not saying that that should be more of a stigma, but the reality is it's less of a stigma. So now it's one of the options, sexually. You can sleep with a, with a woman or you can sleep with a man, you know, another man. Uh, you know, what, what do they call it? Penile to vagina sex or... Uh, penile to anal
1: sex. You just told me you didn't want me to say spurt and now you're going here. <laughs> it's a little different. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Jeez. The the, the the point is exactly
0: what we're saying. Right. It, it's 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 <laughs> women have weaponized sex. I right, just they,
1: say you can either do addition or subtraction right. with the different parts. Right. <laughs> right.
0: But but think about the 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 emboldening aspect of of sex. So this way it not only Weaponizes the sex, but encourages women to pursue sex themselves in a way like, yeah, look, you know, if things don't work out. I, I, uh, I've got this weapon.
1: Right, it's this like great the Soviet Union where you get rewarded right. for uh, reporting on your neighbor, yeah, or your parents, yeah, or your children. Yeah, exactly right. So what you're gonna, you think you're, it's gonna happen less? Right, it's, it's very disturbing
0: this whole notion. So look, I, and I wrote this in my book. Uh, the, the rise of the sex machines. It's one of the chapters, and it's about the, the chapter on automation, and it's one of my favorite chapters. I call it, uh, I call it, uh, how I learned to stop worrying and come to love the automation. Uh, you know, from the Doctor Strange. I love uh, you know, uh, subtitle. The point is that they, you know, it's it's a natural response. You know, we talked about how men would might turn to other men to gain their jollies. You know, maybe that's not their orientation. Uh, You know, naturally, the the whole idea of homosexual sex is very bizarre to them. But, 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 a sex robot, different story. I mean, a sex robot will never accuse you of harassment, will never accuse you of rape, never accuse you of uh, not being loving to her, never have uh, second thoughts, you know, the morning after or the week after or otherwise. She'll never threaten you or extort you. She'll never take you in front of the, the college panel and accuse you of having done any anything nefarious.
1: Did you by chance hear though about the the college intellectuals who've been writing white papers about the need to put software in the sex robots so that they can be Monitoring. sensitive to sexual harassment and rape? You mean what do you mean sensitive? Oh,
0: in other words are the guys too abusive to the robots? Yes. Oh, I see. All right. Well, listen. Uh, that, sorry, that ain't gonna okay, happen.
1: hold on, hon. Hold He's got another chapter to write. <laughs> exactly right. I can, I can this see book it. just keeps getting longer, by the way. Yeah. And better. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> the length is not a
0: bad thing here. Second, so imagine that were the case. Let's say they 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 require this this programming <laughs> to, to show to consent. To give consent. Well, no, just to show the sensitivity part of yeah. it, right? So so then they'll see they'll sell the robots on the black market. You know, like. Microchip has been taken out. <laughs> right, <the V> chip <laughs> the TV. You, you do whatever you like to this <laughs>
1: robot. Yes. This search engine is not Chinese government compliant. <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. <laughs> Google doesn't know what they're doing. Yes. Is this is a robot. doctor. What was the guy uh, on the Simpsons that got the glasses who sells all the Elisa stuff. Doctor, whatever his name is. Yes. You know, sort of the foreign accent guy. Oh, I, I don't know. It's not a poo, but you know those other characters, yeah. like Omer Simpson. We have this product from Lithuania. Oh, yes, you that's know? right. It doesn't. Com- it's a toilet that doesn't comply with your local water regulations. <laughs> anyway,
0: I think everyone gets the point, Ari, and I. And we love you for it. But <laughs> the, the point is that the sex robots, you know, as a general concept, uh, you know, the whole. The whole reason why they're so popular, why they will become even more popular than they are right now, as they get more realistic, is precisely so that you don't have to worry about any of these this crap, right? So why would you reinfuse the crap? That that'll just bring the men back to the normal woman. If 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 they're going to be accused of rape and, and insensitive behavior uh, to a robot, well, then they might as well just go to to a you know a normal flesh and blood woman. And uh, have to deal with them
1: <laughs> Right, because right. what could be worse than Being accused of, by ra- of rape By a machine that could record everything Right, exactly. And then right, exactly. download only what it wants the authorities to see Yeah, exactly. there's no point
0: <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I don't know, there's got to be an analogy there somewhere But <laughs> it, it, it's, it, it defeats the very purpose Right, right? So the whole point of um, the, the appeal of sex robots Is what would just talked about, and there are many other appeals, of course. Uh, the robot won't have a period, right? The, the robot won't get older, fatter, or uglier. You know, you can choose exactly what size she's going to be, how big her breasts are, exactly what her butt looks like. Uh, you, you can have her look like a famous celebrity, or maybe your ex, uh, or even like yourself for that matter. It's, it's, it's all very weird, but at the same time, the world is open. Let a thousand flowers bloom, right?
1: Yeah, it'll never say, we need to earn more money to send our kids to private school. Yes, exactly you need, right. You need to stand up to your boss, I think is one you said. You never need to go say, hey, hey, tell that guy to give you a raise. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, stand up to that guy in the fast food line and,
0: <laughs> who just cut in front of you. Yeah, be a man. It, it, they'll, it'll never say that. And, of course, the obvious factors are, you know, you don't have to have a relationship. You don't have to worry about getting a disease. And you certainly don't have to worry about impregnating the robot. So... And she's always available 24 hour, 24 seven, and you never have to worry about her cheating on you, and you can cheat on her, <laughs> whatever you want, with another robot. With another
1: robot, another woman. God forbid, you know, whatever. And if you want her to have sex with the other robot in front of you, just tell the two robots to get busy.
0: The, the yeah, that's right. <laughs> the essence of the appeal of the robot is twofold: she never judges you, and she never complains, and ultimately she has no expectations. That's the appeal. Oh, oh! And finally, she doesn't change. Whatever you want, she will not demand anything out of you. And you can change her. You can upgrade her. You can you can throw her out into the into the bin and get a new one.
1: Yeah, you don't even have to keep her fully charged. You know. She yes, does. exactly. The only right. thing she needs, power plug. That, that's <laughs> you know? all it
0: is. So this is the reason why people men will. Will run to the arms of the sex robots for this additional reason. I, I lay out, like, I don't know, 10 different reasons why men will go to these sex robots. This is one of them the automation, 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 automation aspect of it. And like just the estimation in the regular business world where, for example, you know, dealing with employees is really a challenge, right? You've got the minimum wage thing, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, that whole book you said earlier. Yeah. You know, the, the whole the, compliance.
0: The, the, the compliance. It's, it's like thousands of pages of compliance. Payroll taxes, vacation days, sick days, maternity leave. Um, you know, you have to have seminars about sexual harassment and racial discrimination issues. And, um, and, and then you have to worry about, is your, does your employee lie to you? You know, yeah, do where they he show
1: up? Do they show up on time? Yeah. Do they stay on time.
0: Is yeah. he sick, or was he? Is he hungover? You know, it, you know, what does he do on the side? Does he steal from the? Does he steal from your, from the till? You don't know. Uh, and you know, is he secretly sabotaging you? Is he? Is he um, talking smack about you on Facebook or otherwise? Is he? Uh, you know, actually interviewing with other firms all the time, and you know, will he steal your clients? as the case may be, as a lawyer, as an accountant, or or a doctor, or a patient, whatever, these are are opportunities that an employee has that a robot or automation would never have, right? So the automated attendant, whether, you know, classic example is the automated parking attendant, you'd never have to worry about that guy ever, you know, sleeping on the job or stealing from the till, all those things I just mentioned. Likewise, in a restaurant, you know, a, a cashier, An automated cashier is going to be far more accurate, and uh, you don't have to worry about that cashier doing anything nefarious with the food, for example. And he's available 24-7, the cashier, the automated cashier. You get the idea. It's it's inevitable that restaurants and businesses are looking to automation to get rid of as many employees, maybe not all the employees, but as, as many employees as possible, just so they don't have to deal with all the compliance. And, you know, so they don't realize that the more you demand um, all these special rules for employees, the more the employer wants to seek out automation as a solution to his problem, because you become a problem, right? (laughs) The payroll taxes, that's something I never understood, by the way. People never complain about payroll taxes. I I complain about them. Why? I mean, I have to pay them, so there's no, no choice I have, but... I, I have to pay taxes for my right to employ somebody. You see? That's, that's weird. The state is taxing me for hiring, for hiring somebody. Who are going to pay taxes. Right. I give them money, and I have to pay taxes. Because you see, these employee, the state is lending me the employees. I'm, I'm using right. the state's people, as it were. Yeah.
1: I, I don't. I don't understand that. No, I don't we, get that. What you've just revealed is the absolute folly, essentially, of sales tax, too. Yeah. I'm buying something. I'm keeping someone else in business. Right. And you're taxing that? <laughs> it's it's crazy.
0: Yeah. But but uh, but at least with an automated gate or automated cashier, I don't have to pay payroll taxes. I have to I have to pay for the initial investment and maybe a sales tax on top on top of that, of course. But it pays it for itself, no problem. Right. Right? And it's it's always
1: there, never late.
0: Never late, always reliable. reliable. Yeah. Yeah, no mistakes. Why wouldn't an employer seek to automate wherever he can? Anyway, and that's the point of my chapter. We have made sex and romance and relationships so onerous, so challenging, so costly that we are racing to the automation. And that automation is sex robots. Right? You're going to see it. Seven to ten years from now, people, women especially, will be saying, I lost my husband to a sex robot.
1: Or I can't meet a guy. I can't, yeah, exactly uh, right. If, I, I, we're all the men. There are no available men. Right. That's I'm exactly lonely. Right. Loneliness is the going to be... Yeah, I mean, loneliness is already at epidemic levels, but it's going to be at, um, you know, will it be a wipeout levels? And and that's the plan. I mean, we've talked before about all the depopulation plans that our enemy has. And I mean, bravo bully to them for figuring it out. Right. Brilliant! You went, you commies went from controlling the means of production to now you've controlled the means of reproduction to the means of deproduction. Right. Well done. You're so right.
0: And I and I even all right. I even write a chapter called uh, about the loneliness issue that you brought up, and I think it's a good point to bring up. I call it "All the Lonely People," right? So it's (laughs) from the Beatles' title. And it's true. There are so many lonely people out now. And, and they will wonder, well, how do they come to pass it? How come I have so few men in my lives? Well, let's see. You've told men not to be men, for one thing. But oddly enough, men, the, the, the men that you want are the men that you are decrying. You said that you hate toxic masculinity. And so, well, that sort of masculinity that you consider toxic is the very thing that you love. You love the leadership quality the risk taking, uh, and, and the gentlemanly side of it as well. But it, you, you've said, you hate all those things somehow,
1: but that's what you really want. Meaning it wasn't so toxic. Was it?
0: No, it wasn't. Yeah. They love their men to be, uh, to, to take the initiative, to choose the restaurant to go to for that date. You know, they, they like them to take charge. And yet at the same time, they don't want them, you know, being anything other than feminine. So it's, it's a little odd. So they, they push these men away. Uh, and then they, they proclaim that women are just as strong as men. They, they, a, man, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, you know, and, and, and like Laurie Dudden said, you know, famous line, uh, you know, no doubt when she wrote it, by the way, she must have typed it and finished it up and said, wow, good one. Oh, really, That was great. And then she went to bed. You know, without a man, no no less, right? So, but but yeah, a woman does need a man, and it's a relationship oriented. It's a non relationship oriented culture that we've developed, where we tell everyone out there, especially the women, they do not need a man, they don't need a man, yeah. And then suddenly one day they wake up and they say, you know what? I need a man. And but the men have gotten the message. You're not needed, men, and so here are these robots available to them.
1: Right, these men, ironically, have just done what you wanted. Yeah, you asked, we did. We're pleasers. That's right. We're here to protect and please. Not only that, but uh, uh, excuse my French, but uh, and I won't say the word. But remember that line from uh, Life of Brian: "F off." Right. How should we fuck up, Lord? <laughs> exactly right. right. Yeah, yeah they, they, they told us to leave them alone,
0: so we left so them we did. alone. Yeah. What do you and want? Na- and now that, then they wonder why they're so lonely. Right. <laughs> uh, it's 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 look. Obviously, we're not speaking about all the women, but we're speaking about a large swath of women out there that have made these incredible demands, and not only that, but they say they don't want to ever get married. They don't ever want to have children for whatever reasons. We don't need to get into that. That's climate change and and using precious resources of the earth and everything else. You know, they suddenly are doing great good for the world. The men believe it too. So listen, but all they know is they've got this great sexual urge. They don't want to get pregnant. They don't want to get disease. Robots are the answer, right? If if you don't believe in God, if you have no sense of God whatsoever, no sense of the future whatsoever, but you do have this, of course, primal urge, a sexual urge, well, then just go satisfy it with the robot what, what, What's the problem? Why, why would that be a wrong thing? And wh- by the way, why wouldn't women do the same thing Assuming that they just want to get their rocks off too I mean, they have sexual needs too
1: And there are robots
0: for their needs too I, there, there are, but surprise, surprise, Ari I'm gonna, This is a shocker Fewer women are interested in sex, you know, male sex robots Than men are in female sex robots Isn't that a shocker?
1: Yeah, but, but of course I wonder why but of course <laughs> men are less interested in romance novels than women are. Oh go on. Right. Yeah, I, are you serious? I'm speaking for myself here, Barack. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah you speak for yeah speak for yourself. I'm speaking for myself, Here Barack <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> No, by the way, that's the voice I use whenever I talk to Brock, not on this show. Oh god, yes. <laughs> yes, I that that's why I have the show, so that it can stop talking to me like right. that. Okay. Otherwise, it's
0: eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they, they avoid the obvious realities. This is this is the uh, you know, this notion that men and women are exactly the same, except for the the obvious um, physical differences. It, it's so it's so childish. But but I would I would call it childish. But that would be an insult to children. Yeah, children ch-
1: are more sophisticated.
0: Children know this, but you have to learn this crap to actually start believing. And and then some pro- erudite professor or who thinks. He, He's very erudite Tells you this crap And then you say Oh, okay Got it and, and not only that But to believe otherwise Is not scientific That for you to say That a man is merely a man Because he has a penis Well, that's just not scientific, Ari Right That's
1: just foolish Right And then this girl In this class graduates, and goes on to be uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and yeah. is elected to Congress, and then she repeats this nonsense like a endless Xerox machine. I used, to, I used to think,
0: you know, one of the messages that they sent out that mothers were telling their daughters is, is don't get married until you're 30 at the very earliest. Okay. <laughs> don't even think about getting married until you're 30. Okay, problem. <laughs> the eggs are drying up. The eggs are drying up. Uh, at 30, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're gonna, if, if you're only going to start to go out there to look for a nice guy, at the age of 30, you're going to find out that most of those nice guys took all those nice girls who were in their 20s, 25, 26, 27, and now you're kind of you know, going through the dregs. And you, you actually thought that you need to get a career started and that you'll be all protected that way somehow, only to find out that you're going to be having to lower your standards really big time uh, for, to get a nice guy now. And yes, it does happen, but it's a really a challenge. It's very hard to do. Yeah,
1: and the pregnancies, if you want kids, are higher risk. Very, oh, very... Oh, boy, that was good thinking.
0: Yeah. So, and if you want... You know, look, if you only want one child, then it may not matter. But still, you've gotta, you're going to have limited choices. Anyway, the point is that they, they keep on saying the same signal, the same mantra. Don't, you know, wait, 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 wait and, until you have children. Uh, you know, wait until you're 30s to do so. And then they discover they can't have children. And so they go off this cliff, so to speak. It's a little bit like and I'm getting somewhere with this because it's a very powerful metaphor. I remember once there was this bridge I think it was in Missouri somewhere it had an arc, right? And half the bridge collapsed. But because of the way obviously for the side where the bridge had collapsed, you know people knew that it collapsed. But from the side where the bridge had not collapsed, where the roads, you know, looked intact. From, from the angle of the drivers driving up that side, they couldn't tell that the other side of the bridge had collapsed. So they kept on going over that bridge, even though the bridge had fully collapsed you know five minutes, 10 minutes earlier, and until the police could cordon off the bridge because you know somebody had finally announced it, these, these cars kept on going over the bridge.
1: Boom and boom. over the and over and over into the river.
0: Yeah. No, not into the river. It was, you know, into a it,
1: crevasse. A, a
0: crevasse. It was, it was horrible, and they kept on dying. And there were people, you know, waving their arms, you know, on the other side of the bridge because they knew that the bridge had gone out. And they told them, don't go, don't go. And, and, of course, the people didn't know what it was about. They thought it was some sort of uh, whatever. They didn't know that it was a big warning. And they kept on going over. And, they, you know, multiple cars, I mean, tens if not a 100 cars uh, went over at a time where the bridge had already gone out. The reason why is that nobody was there to tell them that the bridge had gone out. And that's the way it was. That's the way it has been and still is to some extent with the message to young girls that the bridge has gone out. After 30, it's not going to be a pretty picture. The bridge has gone out on you. And they keep on sending the message, go, go, go. But, but we should be better than this. We should, you know, th- there are people waving their arms, and we should be able to look at them and say, don't do this. If you are a, a father, a mother, uh, and you have a child, a daughter, in particular a daughter, who is, I don't know, 6, 10, 15, or whatever, tell her, meet a nice guy when she's in her 20s.
1: No, meet a nice guy when you're young. Start meeting nice guys when you're a kid be friends with them, grow up, and when no, no, you're that's of it, age, you're, you're, you're not going. You know, no, 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 no I'm, right. getting I'm getting it. The point is, you're talking about speeding up the romance and and family processes. We're going, we're going to the same place. To sorry, Twitter.
0: I don't want to get bogged down on this. I'm simply telling you, uh, it's telling it to our good listeners that they need to not get the message that they have to wait till they're thirty. Right. They have to, you know, see it as that the time to meet a nice guy is in her her early twenties. Uh, or or 25, 26 at the latest, that's the time to be married and to gear your life accordingly. That's the time, because we we need to tell them the bridge is out after 30. Now, the bigger picture, even the bigger picture than that, is that if we do not understand this, and understand the value of a relationship altogether. Forget about 30 25 and all that stuff. Just the notion that we need to advocate for relationships. We need to advocate for marriage. And yes, we need to advocate for God in that marriage and the godliness of sex itself. Unless we advocate for that, we're all going to go over the bridge, the whole civilization. And we are you and I are we're the ones waving our arms right now that saying I've
1: been for 20 years. For 20 years.
0: Yeah. Saying as Listening. every
1: as each step of this proto feminism has gone at each step uh 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 right. now it's uh oh now it's really out
0: the bridge is going is out and yeah. and cars are going over this cliff and our whole civilization may go over this cliff if we do not reverse course if we do not block cordon off this madness right now because it is madness to say that relationships don't matter that a man that a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle uh, that nobody needs anybody at all whatsoever, and that uh, orgasms are just purely fun in the same way that having a great cappuccino is fun or you know riding a bike or whatever it is. You know These are the things that they want to equate sex with. Sex is a very different animal. It's a godly experience, and people don't realize it. They are toying with something that is highly, highly uh, a- uh, radioactive, it's a big deal. And they, they, don't, they, don't, they care not one whit, Ari, about the impact that it has on civilization. Forget about themselves. They should have, you know, the, the nature is screaming at it them all the time with, with the diseases in particular. The, the amount of sexually transmitted diseases today is so beyond what it was in the 50s and even the early 60s, way beyond. To compare it is like comparing a drizzle to a category five hurricane. That's what it's like. There were STDs back in the 50s. That was a drizzle, okay? We're talking about a hurricane five impact right now, disease-wise. So nature is telling it to us over and over again, just from that alone, and from the loneliness factor, um, and and, and our lack of purpose. It's telling us right and left, and we we do not heed it. We are going over this bridge, and it's extremely dangerous, and we need to stop right now. I'm Barack Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.